Welcome to the Your Lender Buddy podcast. This podcast is designed to empower real estate professionals with industry knowledge that they need to succeed. Without further ado, I'll pass it on to Jordan Keck for today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jordan, your lender buddy. Today, we're talking about something I am really excited about sharing because it's something I focus a ton on in my business. And I think far too few other people, and myself included for most of my career, really neglect, but it can lead to incredible amounts of conversion and just a great business model to where you're not reinventing your conversations every time, you have a great systemized approach that maximizes conversation and really puts you in the position of having a business as opposed to being in a job. So what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about the sales cycle and specifically thinking about your sales cycle as a chain where every single part in that chain start to finish is linked together. Most people are familiar with the phrase, your weakest link, or that you're only as strong as your weakest link. And so I want you to visualize that here when thinking about your sales process. Now, I'm talking about your sales process, not just in the sense of what do you do for marketing? What do you do for sales? How do you convert? What does it look like to get somebody in a funnel? I'm talking about every single thing you do from the moment that a potential client becomes aware that you exist to the moment that they're sending you a broker check, sending you your commission check at the end of a transaction. Everything in between that, and even after that, I should say, in the lifetime of a client is your sales process, is this chain. And so thinking about it from that standpoint, the process really is only as strong as your weakest link. It doesn't matter if a link breaks at the beginning of that process, in the middle of that process, at the end of that process, it's going to cost you a client. It's going to cost you a transaction at least. Now, oftentimes we think about the ones that are going to be closer to closing because it feels more painful to have somebody, you know, have a deal that falls apart at the closing table, but it feels better when we have a missed appointment, when we have a process that doesn't convert somebody from the initial appointment to a signed buyer or seller agreement. And realistically, it's still the loss of a potential transaction, still the loss of of a potential conversion. So what I want you to do and what I'm going to be talking about today is thinking about your entire process and looking at where are those weak links? How can you strengthen the entire chain start to finish? Because all of it has to work or none of it does. So when thinking about this, I want you to break it down as small as possible. Don't think about this in terms of the typical, uh, you know, a lot of us are familiar with the five-step process to closing or the six steps or the eight steps, whatever it is. I want you to think about this more as like a hundred steps or 200 steps. This isn't what we're telling our clients that we're doing, but every single piece of communication, every word that you say, every text message, every email, every phone conversation, the way that you do them matters. And when you think about it in very small links like this, not like six big ones, but think of it as a hundred small ones, then you're easily able to identify what's working and what's not on a very small scale. You can look at how can I improve my conversion in these areas and give you an idea. So for me, this is how I think about my business. Everything that I do is about 
communication, maximizing clarity, maximizing the transfer of information, minimizing confusion. And when I do those things, when I, when I can increase the level at which we can have a relationship, the speed at which we can have a relationship, a trusting relationship, I can answer questions before they come up, knowing what information I need to give when in the process so I'm not giving too little or too much, and present information in a way that is engaging, that builds trust. When I can do that every step of the way at every point of communication, I know that my conversion is incredibly high. People are satisfied. They're happy to give referrals. And I look at this from a standpoint, I even consider my signature line in my email. The way that I phrase how I start every email, every text message is a link in that chain. And I'll give you an example. I noticed that for my sales cycle, I will start having the conversation with an initial client. Uh, I will help them get pre-approved. Once they've gotten pre-approved and are under contract, then I will have my team member, Tyler, send out an email with the initial loan disclosures. He'll send over an email breaking down what they're signing, go through, answer a ton of questions for them. And then once we get their initial loan approval from underwriting, then our processor, Leslie, will reach out and walk them through that point. Now, what was happening is I noticed that as Tyler or Leslie would reach out, clients would occasionally reach out to me and ask, hey, is this person legitimate? I don't want to be scammed. You know, I want to make sure that they're, they're legitimate. And of course, say yes, that they were. And oftentimes, clients would be asking me questions, which I might be able to answer, but it would take me more time. So it was really something better addressed to Tyler or to Leslie. So when I thought through this, I thought, how can I do a better job of transferring that trust? Because they trust me up front. They obviously keep calling me and keep reaching out to me because they trust me, but I could tell that I hadn't established that within my team yet. So among other things, one of the things that I did is in my email signature, and you'll notice this, especially if you've been working with me for a while, I had a picture of just me. Now I have a picture of my team with their names. So the first time I ever email somebody, they see Team Keck, they see my picture, they see Tyler's picture, and they see Leslie's picture with their names. So I'm starting to get them familiar already. And then I'll have a conversation with them about how my team is involved. And I'll also have a congratulations email once I get their offer accepted, letting them know and introducing them to my team for the next steps. Since we've done that, it's worked incredibly well because I recognized that even though it wasn't necessarily a problem, it was an opportunity for increased trust. And that's how I look at every single aspect of my business. So no matter how big or small the chain, can it be improved? And just as importantly, or more important than what you do, is what you don't do. Are you having to remember every single follow-up that you have with every single client? If so, you're doing it wrong. You need to look at automating or systemizing your follow-up. If you haven't already read the book, Atomic Habits, by James Clear, I highly recommend that you get this, whether it's a physical copy or on Audible, because it's one of the best systems I found on creating habits by using a system of triggers and habit stacking. Essentially, anytime you do one activity, it triggers another activity to follow. So for example, if you're using a good CRM, that CRM should give you the ability that as soon as you log a note saying that you had a conversation, immediately you want to set a follow-up. 
Now, there's a lot of debate about, out there about what's a good CRM. I would argue the best CRM is the one you actually use. Don't worry about maximizing its features and benefits. Personally, I use a version of Salesforce called Jungo, which is kind of built out for mortgage lenders. Honestly, I only use about 5 to 10% of what Salesforce is truly capable of, but I use it every single time. It works for me. So if you find a system that works for you, I don't care if it's Microsoft Word. I don't care if you're using sticky notes. Systemize it. Ideally, have it to where you can access it from anywhere on your phone or your computer. And then make sure you use it every single time. Uh, so when you're doing that, the more systems you can put in place, the better. And I don't mean systems in the sense of having a specific software for it. A system can be, for example, on my, my system, every single time that I pick up the phone, I'm pulling up a system to put in notes. Usually for me, I use Evernote. It's very quick. I have folders for client conversations. I date them. I have a system that says I enter in the client's phone number, the client's name, the date that they called, who referred them to me, before, basically before I even start talking or as soon as possible once I have that information because that's the thing I'm going to look back on as the most important piece. From there, I have a system for what information I need to collect and how I ask about it in a conversational way. So to me, the trigger is a phone call and that once that trigger happens, then the response, the habit is to pull up Evernote and start filling in my notes in a systematic way. The more that you can do this, the less you have to do from your memory. And you're able to start doing an incredible amount of volume without reinventing yourself. And you can change your system as you go. But again, going back to Atomic Habits, I'm also happy to have a conversation with you about where you can start implementing these. But see these as nothing else as iterations. Because the more that you strive for perfection, the less you're going to be able to implement in your business. Look at this as good enough. If you have a system that's good enough, that's simple, that you will actually do consistently, then do it. Get it out there. Test it out. See where you need to fix it. New startup companies have what's called an MVP, or a minimally viable product, where it's nowhere near finished, but it's barely functional enough to be able to get users to try it out and give feedback on what they want fixed. Too often, Company founders will focus on areas where they think are interesting. They think clients are going to want improved. But at the end of the day, that's not what they necessarily care about. So if you spend all this time and money improving something that you care about, you might find out that it was a waste. Nobody else cares about it. In fact, they cared about something that you never even thought of. So get something out there that's good enough, implement it, try it, gain feedback, and start tweaking things you need to start with something. And again, my system, if it's not simple, if it's not something that I can repeat that's easily triggered, I'm probably not going to do it. Because I think not only can I do it on this one time, can I do this 200 times a year? Can I do this for every single client? Because the moment I get busy, if my system starts breaking down, then I know I need to go back to the drawing board. And lastly on these, choose if you want a good place to start here, choose one thing every week or two. You'll have 26 to 52 areas covered by the end of the year. Now, it may feel slow at first, taking a week or two to focus on one teeny tiny area here. For Again, if we're focusing on 100 links in this chain. But it adds massive revol results over the long term. 
because you're constantly improving the things that most people will never notice exist, or they leave it to chance. The couple areas to consider starting in, the first one I would really, really recommend doing if you're not already is around your lead tracking and your notes. And this is your system for follow-ups, note logging for your triggers. How many, I mean, can you honestly say that you've had conversations with clients over a year ago that you can pull up today and keep that conversation going as if you just got off the phone with them? For me, that's the system that I have. I haven't always had that system, but now any conversation I have with a client goes into my notes. So I can reference that as if we never missed a beat. I don't rely on my memory. Next one I'd say is your initial response verbiage. If you haven't read it, The Secrets of Question-Based Selling by Thomas Fries, F-R-E-E-S-E, phenomenal book that'll help you really define the system you want to have around your initial client conversations and turning those into very high converting conversations. Again, secrets of question-based selling. And last one is that piece as well, customizing your initial client conversation to your consultations. Very often, clients are going to have the same questions and concerns that you can proactively address in these times and be incredibly valuable. Whether they ask them or not, you can present the information you know they're going to be looking for in a way that's engaging, that's proactive, and puts you in the light of an expert. So take some time in these areas. Define what you want to have in your system so that you do this every single time. Implement, test it out, get feedback, and continually improve this over time. This can be daunting to get started. This is just the tip of the iceberg, and honestly, I've been refining my systems for the better part of the last 11 years. It was pretty terrible when I started, but it's gotten so much better, and I can confidently say, as good as the process is now, and I believe it's second to none at this point, I know that because of this system I have for continually improving, it's only going to get better because I'm looking at every single link in that chain, looking at how can I improve this a little bit. So I've gotten to the point now where it takes almost no effort, but we can continually build on a great system. So if you're starting off, you're feeling daunted, you're feeling overwhelmed, let me know. I'm happy to be able to help give some insights if you have a specific area that you'd like feedback on, like some ideas on wording or verbiage you can use, or even just an idea of, hey, I don't even know where to start and do a bit of a system audit. Happy to help with that. So reach out, let me know. And as always, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you found it helpful, pass it along, leave a review, subscribe, and have a wonderful day. Let's continue to elevate real estate together. This podcast has been brought to you by Jordan Keck, NMLS number 1017341, branch manager at Advantage Mortgage Incorporated, 5955 Shoreview Lane, North Suite 200, Kaiser, Oregon 97303, company NMLS 1770599, equal housing lender. Jordan Keck is licensed in Oregon, Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Texas, and Washington. Until next time, thanks again for listening.